This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Marion Belinoff, influencer marketing consultant. Marion, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Thank you for coming. Okay. Um, now, today I would like to continue the influencer marketing theme, covering with Marion running an influencer marketing campaign. Uh, previously on this podcast, we covered this topic conceptually multiple times. And I bet you read about its pros and cons on blogs, watch presentations, etc. But this time I want to focus specifically on launching your own campaign. I want to give you an example of how it should be done so we can avoid costly mistakes. I'd like to begin each episode with letting my guest to tell me her or his story. So please tell us about yourself, Marion. All right. So I'm Marion. Um, I've been working in influence marketing for the past seven years now. Um, I started working in an influence marketing software company. Um, so they were building this software to, you know, find um, influences at scale and run campaigns at scale. So I handled the campaigns for loads of different clients. Actually, none of them were in the mobile space. Um, and then after a few years, um, I realized I was a bit frustrated being on the agency side, so to speak. Um, and I wanted to have more uh, power over the, the strategy and the campaigns themselves, okay? And so I decided to move over to the client side and I specialize in mobile gaming. So I've been working in this industry for the past four years now. I worked as influence marketing lead in several mobile gaming companies um, across Europe, um, where I basically build and um, executed the influence marketing strategy for several titles. Um, and last year, I actually decided to launch my own business in consultancy um, because I really wanted to diversify you know, the projects on which I worked um, and be able to do more things also with influencers uh, themselves. So that's pretty much about me. Um, I've only been doing performance-driven influencer marketing, so really uh, walking towards uh, ROI goals, making sure that our campaigns are being profitable um, and optimizing um, that way. Do you like to play games on your phone yourself? I do play certain games. I've played more in the past when I had more time, I have to say. No, that's easier to you. Can Years and years ago when I used to be an app marketer, it was a bit of a challenge for me because I never was a gamer. You know, Tetris was my, I guess, the the only game I was okay to play with occasionally. So, you know, <laughs> marketing something which you're kind of forcing yourself to play to be able to know the product uh, wasn't that easy. So... It's always the plus, plus yeah. when, you when you're actually into game games yourself. Exactly. That's why I'm sticking to this industry now that I've set my foot in there because I really actually like it. And especially like having to research, like downloading a game and playing a game, I find it pretty pretty nice. So yeah, that's cool. Okay, like I said previously, we covered different aspects of influencer marketing. But this time, I would like you to walk us through the influencer marketing campaign like you would run for a client. Uh, so where do we start? 
where do we start? So I guess it all starts with understanding the audience that we want to target. Like with any other acquisition channel, uh, we need to understand where this audience is. And in that specific case, what type of influencer this audience is going to be watching, right? Or following. Um, so once you've understood the audience demographic from your app, because maybe you've run some surveys or you understand from similar games what your audience is, then you have to sort of find that audience through those influences, right? So let's imagine that you have a cooking game and that your audience are female 25 plus. Obviously, you will want to work with cooking influences because it's a direct correlation and it's it's most likely going to work. But you should also expand to influences beyond that vertical, beyond cooking, because they will also perform. In the end, um, I'm not necessarily good at cooking, but I do enjoy cooking games. And so that's mm -hmm. what you need to understand. And that's why you need to find, for example, verticals of influences that have this 25 female audience. And so in the end, expanding, so lifestyle, for example, fashion, uh, travel, uh, maybe true crime and sort of um, verticals that will help you um, get to that audience. So don't stick to what you think um, is obvious and, and expand beyond so you can also, in the end, scale your campaign. So we have to keep in mind that people's interest kind of a fluent thing. It's a, more of a spectrum. Some people are really into something. This is kind of easy fruit for you. But you have to remember some that degree of interest can be different and you're basically leaving some audience, so to speak, on the table if you're not tapping that extra audience that is not directly interested in uh, your game. People who will be interested in playing with, with your mobile game, but the, that was not originally that came to your mind this, that these people can be... Uh, you know, actually players for your game. Okay, as of today, what social media platforms would you suggest to work with? Uh, among all those names that are in our heads right now, TikToks, um, Instagram, YouTube, and other channels, which ones you would suggest marketers to be focused on? I guess it all depends on your goals, right? Um, if you want to do performance-driven influencer marketing, and if you want to be able to measure the performance of your campaign, being able to understand um, what was the quality of the users that you acquired, something that is really very important to keep in mind is the analysis and the trackability, right? In TikTok, you can have a link that is going to be only in the bio of the influencer, which is not a great user journey, obviously. So you're not going to have a lot of track traffic. On YouTube, on the contrary, you have the link that is directly in the video description, right? So it's right below the content and it's going to be much more accessible for, for the audience to click and download your app. So that's something that you need to keep in mind. Um, and that's also something that you can balance if you have some features in game, for example, in your app that are gift codes, for example. So um, even if you don't have the tracking link and you share a gift code, then you can attribute that those people back to your campaign and that's going to help you with your analysis. So really have in mind uh, how you're going to measure the campaign because it's most important. Uh, for me, doing data-driven influencer marketing and making sure that our campaigns are profitable, I am 90% of the time working on YouTube simply because this is where I see most traffic coming from in terms of track traffic. Um, and this is going to help us really measure the performance because in the end, even on YouTube, uh, I'd say probably 
more than 80% of the traffic is organic, right? If not even more than that. So you really need to be able to actually read that organic traffic back to your campaign. Yeah, that's actually amazing how YouTube is capable to, so to speak, hold the punch from TikTok and still being on the front of the app marketer's mind in terms of its efficiency, reach, the diversity of audiences you can reach on this platform and actually deliver for your app marketing campaign. The app industry is vast. To navigate this space, you need a directory to lock up suppliers and partners and you need to know who are the best. Visit our marketplace directory at businessofapps.com slash marketplace slash podcast. And now back to the show. All right, next up is testing. Uh, what solid influencer marketing campaign testing strategies should look like? Right, so in terms of testing, I came up with what I call the campaign testing framework, which is basically identifying all the verticals that you believe will be a good fit um, or that you may not think it might be a good fit, but it's worth testing. So identifying all those verticals, as I said, maybe cooking, lifestyle, gaming, et cetera, um, and working with smaller creators. The idea is to be able to work with as many of them as possible to try to understand if those verticals will perform for your app uh, before you actually start moving forward to bigger creators, because obviously those will cost you a, a lot more money. And when you launch a campaign with smaller creators, then you have to understand what uh, brought the performance. Was it because the conversion rate was good and you did have a lot of uh, installs coming in? Or was it because the LTV was really good? And because even if you didn't get a lot of installs, the the few users that you had spent uh, tremendously and was great, right? Um, so you really need to deep dive into the different metrics to understand what's uh, the reason for the performance and what can you uh, impact in your next campaign to be able to uh, keep scaling, obviously, and, and understand what does perform and what does not perform. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I've heard many uh, presentations about uh, A-B testing, um, but I don't think I can come up with a single n number of like how much time you should dedicate for A-B testing campaign for these channels. It's a couple of days a week, it's two weeks, like uh, just from the top of your head. What what would you suggest time-wise? I don't think I can answer the question with the numbers of days, unfortunately. I think it's more, you should see this in launching one campaign in a month, right? Um, so having all of your influencers going live together to be able to see maybe hopefully a spike in your organic metrics so you can measure the, the campaign. The campaign one, campaign two, campaign three on several months. Um, and then gave, gather all the data to be able to then come up to some conclusion. But it's more about how many influencers you've actually worked with in all those different verticals so you have um, enough data to be able to say whether or not this or performs or not. Now, performance. How would you increase the performance of a marketing campaign? What marketers should do when things unfortunately, aren't going as they were expected. Of course. So it the most important thing is to understand where does the performance come from or where it's lacking, obviously, right? So understanding if it's the conversion rate that is too low or the LTV that is too low or maybe the price that you're paying the influencer that is too high. So uh, based on all of this, you can have an impact on the conversion rate and the LTV. So for example, the conversion rate, so you're seeing that your, your influences um, are not converting well, but the, the 
the few people that are bringing, they are good quality users. So that means that you need to increase your conversion rate. To do so, you can have, for example, gift code of gift links that will grant the audience um, some free uh, goodies in your app that will obviously increase the conversion rate because people always uh, want to benefit from something that is free. Um, you can implement some giveaways um, in your in your campaigns with your influencers, so maybe giving away uh, some merchandising from the influencer, maybe for the first I don't know hundred people that download the the app, or first hundred people that reach that score within that certain period of time will um, be granted some merchandising. Something that is related to the influencer often performs better simply because you are talking to the influencer's audience. And so in the end, they will be uh, keen to uh, get something related to their favorite influencer. You can also create some in-app content related to the influencer. So this is a bit of a next step uh, because mm -hmm. obviously we'll need to involve your product team, maybe your your art team as well. Um, but I've, I've done that a lot uh, in, in mobile games. So creating, for example, characters based on the influencer. Um, and this performs tremendously well. So both in terms of conversion rate, because uh, the audience will want to collect whatever's related to the influencer, but also in terms of monetization, because you might be able to collect that content for free if you play the game, for example. But um, you can also put it in the shop for people that maybe feel lazy and want to directly uh, purchase the, the the character. And in the end, we've seen some campaigns with crazy ROI more than 200%, 300% in some of them. So this is really a good way for you to improve your, your campaigns, but it, it also requires some help um, from the game team. Gotcha, Marion. Uh, now, working with influencers for years, uh, I believe you should have some examples of what are they capable to deliver for a mobile app marketing campaign? Can you share some example of that? What do you mean by what they deliver in terms of uh, content? Deliver like performance-wise, um, performance like, yeah. How do they capable to move the, so to speak, move the needle for a marketing campaign Yeah, performance-wise? Right. So obviously performance is going to be drastically different from one influencer to another because they will not perform the same but i've worked with mr beast which is probably nowadays the biggest influencer um on this planet the mm -hmm. guy is making 60 million or even more okay. views uh per video um and i've worked with him on several occasions when he was uh, actually starting and i have to say that the performance was absolutely crazy so we were saying up to 200,000 installs from that single influencer um, coming to the game, but also because we had, you know, we had optimized our campaigns. We had created some giveaways. We had some in-game content related to him. We had adapted the the storm, um, the app storm icon based on the influencer character. You know, creating a full user journey around it. Um, so performance can be absolutely massive. Those campaigns were actually arrived uh, positive. So it was very, very satisfactory, uh, but do, it does obviously require um, a lot of time, a lot of planning and a lot of involvement from um, all parts. But yeah, performance, like in terms of installs, as I said, up to 200,000, I guess it's, it's it's pretty insane from one influencer only. That's for sure an insane number. I think it's a perfect kind of a perfect storm when you have a mobile game that always involves people's kind of a emotional reaction uh, to the character. You have an influencer who have a really good report with the audience, with his followers, 
and introducing that character that game to these people probably like the you can get the best impact performance wise comparing with other kinds of apps but always but always it comes down to how relevant the um any app or mobile game to the audience but i guess mobile game has the best chances to give that huge boost yeah this is this is definitely an impressive number now what are the key takeaways you would like our audience to remember after this episode i think the first one and it's a mistake that I'm often seeing is about the influencer audience demographic. There are often uh, marketers that are selecting the influencer based on their channel, based on their content, assuming that the audience is going to be this and that. And in the end, they might be completely wrong, especially with the audience location. Um, because a Spanish-speaking influencer might not have all these audience in Spain, it might have been in Latin America. Um, and so this will obviously drastically impact the campaign performance. So Verifying the audience demographic is key. Um, and then the second, I think, most important takeaway is to anticipate the way that you're going to be measuring your campaign. Because as I said, 80% or even more than that of the traffic is organic. And so you need to be sure that when you'll be launching a campaign, hopefully nothing else should be impacting your organic. Maybe no TV campaign, maybe no featuring, maybe no icon change. So the, the, the data is as clean as possible. So then you can um, analyze the performance of your campaign and attribute it hopefully to your um, influencer marketing campaign. Yeah, the measuring, the, the measuring of performance for influencer marketing campaign, I think has been like number one, um, not a challenge, but important thing to remember for as long as I remember influencer marketing um, its existence uh, and to this day, you do realize that you have a really good chance to expose your app to a great audience of people who are who are acceptable for a message from that particular influencer. But at the same time, you know, kind of a comparing with the traditional marketing like paid advertising platforms where the name of the game is precise measuring of the campaign performance you're not get you're not even close to get that granular um, accuracy of performance campaign measurement but again you're you're you have a chance to expose the game to the audience who will be really receptive to what it has to offer and uh, yeah i was just saying that now i think because this is the, the question I get most often asked, like about how do we track the performance, right? And I guess that now marketers, app marketers, seeing all the changes with iOS and, you know, the accuracy of the analysis and the tracking, they do realize that, okay, well, it's not going to be as trackable as it used to be. So we need to change things and to adapt. And so that also opens the door to, you know, channels that are not as trackable, like influencer marketing, like podcasts, like TV and stuff like that, that they might be reconsidering because in the end, um, they know that it can drive great performance, even though the accuracy of the analysis might not be as high as for user typical user acquisition uh, campaigns. Exactly. That's a great point. With introduction of SCAD network from Apple and deprecation IDFH tracking, the importance of influencer marketing, I would say, even become greater because the people seem greater value, uh, just like you're saying. Erin, you've been in uh, influencer marketing for a number of years. Uh, is there something you would really like to change about this field? <laughs> 
there are so many things I would like to change in this Probably field. Pick um, up the, the biggest one. The biggest one, I would love for companies to stop uh, paying the influencers a fortune just because they're doing branding and not uh, paying any attention to the amount of money that they're paying them. Because in the end, it makes it incredibly hard for us that are doing performance uh, influencer marketing to reach CPMs that are decent and that makes sense for us to be able, yeah, to reach uh, profitability. Got you. All right. Uh, we've covered the first part of the show and there is a second one where uh, it's small but sweet. This is where I get a chance to ask every guest on the show uh, just a few quick questions and let the people who are listening to us know these people better. Okay, uh, what smartphone do you have now? Uh, perhaps you've been switching between these two giants, iOS or Android, or one side all the time? I've been a, a loyal uh, follower of iPhones. All right. Um, what was your first mobile phone? It was probably a Nokia, but I don't even remember which one. I just see it how it was, but I think it was so long ago that, yeah. Yeah, I guess back in the day, Nokia was the number one. It's, uh, yeah. Exactly. Doesn't really matter what specific model. <laughs> it was the matter of, uh, was it Nokia or not? Now, imagine right now you've left your iPhone at home. It may happen. Uh, what would be the most amazing feature for you when you're out? I think it would be Google Maps. <laughs> Simply, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the most common answers I can hear from people. Um, now, perhaps there's something you would like to add to your uh, to the capabilities of your iPhone, something like hardware, software, or both. Or, look, I'm not necessarily asking. Would you like your iPhone being capable of doing more, but perhaps, you know, keeping the better balance between, you know, being part of your life and not consuming 24-7 of your life? Uh, what would be that thing for you? To be fair, I think um, using my phone just enough as it is, uh, if not too much, um, I think it's doing plenty of already. And if I could get... Uh, less time on my iPhone, I would do it. So I'm not going to look for more things to do or more ways to use it. Gotcha, Mariam. All right. Before I let you go, a very final question to you. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Of course. So you can find me either on LinkedIn or on my website at marionbalinov.com um, or LinkedIn uh, either way. And just, yeah, ping me and add me and we can have a chat about influence marketing or anything else you'd like. Great. Marion, thank you so much for coming to our podcast and spending time with us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Art. And that was Marion Belenov, influence and marketing consultant. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, just search for business of apps and you will find us easily. Remember, we release episodes on Mondays. So subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.